0: Welcome to Kids Considered, a podcast from UC Davis Children's Hospital, where two pediatricians discuss children's health topics. I'm Dr. Lena Vanderlist.
1: And I'm Dr. Dean Blumberg.
0: So it's that time of the year now where parents are gearing up for sending their kids back to school.
1: Yeah, so for some children, it's back to school, you know, advancing to a higher grade. And so these children and parents, they they basically know what to expect.
0: Right. But for others, parents are thinking about starting school for the first time. So going to kindergarten.
1: And some parents might have some doubts wondering if their child is ready to go to school.
0: School is about so much more than just academics and learning. Ideally, we know that kids need to be emotionally ready as well as behaviorally ready, socially ready, mature enough. So a lot of things go into this.
1: And so how can parents figure out if their children are ready for school?
0: So hopefully they can listen to the rest of this episode because that's exactly what we're going to talk about today.
1: Okay. So there are several different areas that we're going to consider.
0: Right. So that includes physical health, motor development, social and emotional development, language development, and just general knowledge. For more specifics about some of these developmental milestones of early childhood, you can check out our recent three-part podcast series with the development specialists.
1: Most parents focus on their child wondering if they are ready for school.
0: Right, but also we need to consider, like, is the school ready for them, right? Mm -hmm. They both need to be in sync for school success. And so really thinking about, like, what environment is my kid going to thrive in because it may be different for each child.
1: So let's start with the basics.
0: Like ABCs?
1: <laughs> okay, So I wasn't exactly thinking that. I was thinking the basics of school.
0: Mm, okay, so in most parts of the United States, children must be enrolled in school or an alternative program by five years old for kindergarten and six for first grade.
1: However, children mature at different rates, and so not all four- or five-year-olds are ready for school enrollment.
0: And we've talked about children's development, like I said, in some recent episodes, and that it's a gradual process that's going to be really unique for each child.
1: Mm-hmm. So before talking about figuring out if four or five-year-olds are ready for school, let's use the Wayback Machine to look at how children develop that learning skills, the learning skills that are so important um, that are needed to go to school.
0: So we're going back like, to your childhood, aka the Stone Age? <laughs> yeah, i
1: have I thought we should just go back to the first year of life in general.
0: Okay, let's do that.
1: So communication, socialization, and other important skills develop right from the start.
0: Talking, communicating your needs, gesturing, facial expressions are all very important communication skills that are important for language development and later literacy.
1: And when your baby makes a sound, you can copy it and encourage them to imitate you.
0: And make meaning out of their sounds. So like, for example, you say like, oh, are you trying to tell me that you're hungry? What are we going to eat for breakfast this morning? Or, oh my gosh, yeah, you see that cat out there? I see that cat out there too. That's a black cat.
1: And children learn self-control when you soothe them if they're upset.
0: So when your child's upset at this age, stay calm and present to help your baby feel safe and supported.
1: Routines are also important for emotional regulation and preventing upset.
0: At this age, peekaboo and -and back-and-forth games can help develop their social skills, so practice exchanging toys or other play items.
1: And then what about books, books, and books?
0: Oh my gosh, yes, so many books. So activities like reading to your child and playing are so, so important in developing these thinking skills.
1: And let's move on to one- to two-year-olds. They're exploring their environments. They're experimenting with figuring out how things work.
0: And at this age, communication and language skills are really just exploding.
1: So talking with your child will help them build up their vocabulary, and then they'll also learn sentence structure.
0: Yeah, use new words to describe things. So like saying things like over and under and around and pointing out objects in all these pictures or in the house, just narrating as you're cooking or doing other things.
1: And let your child help read books with you by letting them hold the book and turn the pages.
0: And ask them to find things on the pages, like where's the duck, or help them find particular toys in the house.
1: Support their thinking skills by playing pretend games with them.
0: Helping them solve problems by pointing them in the right direction, but not solving the problem for them is really important.
1: Moving on to two- to three-year-olds, they're starting to play with others, and they're developing social skills as they interact.
0: They're also becoming more independent, so think about things like putting their jackets or clothes on independently.
1: Language, problem-solving skills, and creativity will develop with play and other activities.
0: So you want to continue to talk frequently with your children. Ask them open-ended questions. Count things together like fruit that they have on their plate or their toys.
1: And take the opportunity to build on their sentences. So for example, they might say, go outside, and you can respond, Oh, you want to go outside. That's a good idea. Let's go outside.
0: At all of these ages, parents can help their children develop all of these important skills for school by playing with them, reading to them, soothing them, and supporting them as their confidence is building.
1: We should also touch on one of your favorite subjects, screen time.
0: Yes. So let's go back to the basics and address how screen time fits in kids getting ready for school.
1: So specifically, I'm thinking about preschool TV shows and apps. Are they are they useful?
0: So it's really important for parents to know that screen time does not take the place for real life experiences and face to face interactions. We know that really kids under 18 months cannot learn from screens. And so we really try to avoid it under this age.
1: With the exception of video chatting when necessary, right?
0: Right, like family members that don't live in town. Um, it's good to remember that there are resources like the Family Media Use Plan developed by the AAP. We can link that on our website. That can really help minimize screen time in your daily routine and make sure it doesn't get out of control.
1: Okay, so that's the backstory about how we get to even um, a place where we're going to consider whether a child is ready for school.
0: So what are some important areas for parents to think about when considering school? And I want to stress here that today we're talking about neurotypically developing children. And so there's going to be tons of variation in this, right? We've talked in so many of our episodes about things like speech delay or you may have a kid um, that's diagnosed with Autism, or you may have a kid that has more global developmental delay. And we are not by any means saying that you should keep your kid out of school. Your child is also going to go to kindergarten and is probably going to thrive in that environment, get a lot of therapies and specific things for them in school. And we're going to hopefully do a whole other episode in the future talking about things like individualized education plans or plans to make sure that your child with developmental needs gets all of the support that they need in school. But today we're going to talk about sort of development in the typically developing child who's starting kindergarten.
1: Right, yeah. So let's let's really start with development.
0: Okay. So for school, children need to be able to communicate with others, ideally. They need to be able to listen at least to like a few step command and also have the social skills to interact appropriately and get along with other children and adults.
1: And they need to be toilet trained.
0: That is a very big one mm-hmm. um, that, you ha- that we've got to work on.
1: Mm-hmm. And they need the physical skills like holding a crayon or pencil, running and playing.
0: Right. So let's talk about some of the specific signs that your child is ready for school.
1: You're going to want to be considering, are they generally healthy? Do they have any conditions that could interfere with schools that need to be addressed first?
0: Mm-hmm. And how's their sensory development? Can they see and hear well? How's their sense of touch or taste? Are they like extremely picky eaters?
1: Mm-hmm. And what about the language skills? Are they good at talking and at listening?
0: And how about literacy? Like, do they understand sound and letter associations?
1: And then basic math skills. We're not talking algebra, just like, do they know numbers? Do they know, like, shapes? Do they know the difference between a circle and a square?
0: And then what about their behavioral, emotional, and social development?
1: Do they make friends and empathize with others? Can they take turns with other children?
0: And how do they behave in a setting where there's a lot of other children around?
1: Yeah, can they control and communicate their emotions?
0: And can they limit aggressive behavior and control their impulses?
1: Are they able to pay attention and focus for 10 to 15 minutes at a time? You know, Can they cooperate and follow directions when the teacher is telling them things?
0: Right. So really think about all of these things as you're gearing up to being prepared to enroll your child in school because they are skills for the child to go and thrive in this environment. Now, we're not, again, saying that if your child does not fit all of these. So if your child is one of those who maybe cannot pay attention for 15 minutes, which is not uncommon, like how can you implement routines in your home life to address this? Or maybe you need to talk to your pediatrician about this. And so your kid may not hit all of these and is still hopefully going to succeed in school, but we, we need to make sure.
1: Yeah. So if they don't have these skills, then they're likely to, going to get frustrated. They may be disruptive to the rest of the class. And really, then you've identified areas that you can address with your pediatrician so that they can thrive in school.
0: Absolutely. So some schools will do their own screening or readiness tests to see if the child is ready for school.
1: And these tend to focus more on academics rather than social and behavioral issues.
0: Oh, yeah. I saw one of my good friend's child is starting kindergarten Mm -hmm. this next upcoming year. And she showed me like this test that they needed to take for one of the schools, which was like kind of intense, honestly, that I thought for a kindergarten was like, geez, they have to test into kindergarten these days. I thought all they had to do was sit in a circle. But, yeah, they're not infallible because some children who don't do well on these tests end up doing totally fine in school. Like, I think we tested into something for something called GATE, which was like the gifted program when I was in elementary. And I did not get into that program. And I would say I ended up doing fine.
1: Yes, you did. (laughs) (laughs) You did fine. Yeah, if these tests are used by the school, then they can be useful because they can be used as a tool to guide development and curriculum. And, And really, as you mentioned, they really shouldn't be used as a gatekeeping test for the school. But if they point out certain areas, then those areas can be addressed.
0: Right. So if the test identifies a particular area where your child may have delayed milestones, then it can be useful to pay attention so that you can do a little bit more focused special attention and work in this area.
1: How about children who are old enough to attend kindergarten, but parents decide to delay kindergarten? Because this is something that many parents consider, especially if their child's birthday is near the cutoff date for school entry.
0: Right. Some parents think that being older than average for a grade will give their kid an advantage maybe not only in academics, but also socially and in sports.
1: But it turns out that's not necessarily true. If they are ready to start school, then delaying school entry denies them being in the best environment for their learning and development.
0: Right, and in fact, there is research to suggest that there is a greater risk for behavior problems in adolescence for children who are old for their grade.
1: And we should point out that there are some studies that suggest that the youngest in a class may have more academic challenges. However, these problems are resolved by third or fourth grade. So you've decided, yes, your kid is ready for school. So what comes next?
0: I guess it's just going to be going to school.
1: (laughs) Right. So that question was a bit vague, I admit. What I wanted to get at was preparing your child for school. How do you you prepare your child for going to school? Uh,
0: Yeah. So this is really important, right? Because it's going to be a big change to their routine, a new routine for them. And so we have to set them up for success.
1: So if possible... It'd be great if you can visit the school ahead of time so your child can see the building, the playground, the surroundings.
0: Ideally, they'll be able to meet their teacher and visit the classrooms. Many schools will have orientation sessions, which are ideal for children and parents to kind of become familiar with the new surroundings and um, kind of hear some of maybe the classroom rules or other things to expect.
1: And if there's some neighbors or friends that will be going to the same school, then visiting together can provide a sense of security by already knowing someone else in their class.
0: Have a plan about getting to school and share it with your child. Are they going to be walking, hopefully not by themselves in kindergarten, but maybe with an adult? Are they going to be carpooling or taking a school bus?
1: So, talk about going to school with your child. And an easy place to start is by talking about your experiences as a young student.
0: And share all of the positive experiences you have. You didn't want to scare them with your anxiety or worry. Um, And by sharing your own personal experiences of having fun in school, this is going to alleviate a lot of their anxiety and worry.
1: Mm -hmm. There are lots of books that revolve around starting school, and these can be really good starting points to kick off discussions with your child.
0: Yeah. And it's really important to get into a regular sleep and wake schedule several weeks before school starts and setting a regular bedtime and morning routine. Because if kids have not been in this routine, it can be quite jarring. And then we've talked (laughs) a lot about how sleep is so important for learning and um, like knowledge consolidation. And so sleep is essential to get that on track before going.
1: And it can be useful to pick out their outfit for the next day, the night before, just so there's one less thing to do the next morning.
0: And if possible, let the kid choose their own clothes. Um, you may have some wacky outfit choices, but that's okay. <laughs> uh
1: uh-huh. Remember, routines are really important for children to feel in control.
0: And sometimes children just don't want to go to school. This is called school refusal or school avoidance.
1: Up to 5% of children may refuse to go to school or create reasons why they shouldn't go. So this is really not uncommon.
0: They may say they aren't feeling well. They may have some vague symptoms.
1: This is often related to anxiety, and this can result in headaches or stomach aches, nausea, dizziness, and sometimes the kids get so anxious they hyperventilate.
0: But you can differentiate these vague symptoms from other causes of illness by more definitive symptoms, so they won't have... Fever or diarrhea or vomiting, that would be more likely to have like a true physical basis.
1: Children with school anxiety usually don't know exactly why they don't feel well, and they often can't explain why they're upset.
0: Sometimes the school refusal is because they're afraid or they're doing poorly at school. They may be having problems with other children, like being teased or bullied.
1: And some children really have a fear of using the school toilet. That's a really common cause of school refusal.
0: And constipation, which we addressed in our constipation episode. Yep. And some kids feel the teacher's being mean to them or has it out for them.
1: Mm -hmm. So what can parents do when their children just don't want to go to school?
0: If the child isn't feeling well, one place to start is by bringing them in to make sure that there isn't any true physical illness.
1: So see their pediatrician and then try to understand the pressure your child is feeling.
0: Yeah, consider possibilities. Talk with them openly and sympathetically and supportively and try and understand what could be upsetting them.
1: And if you find out, then try to resolve any kind of stressful situation at school.
0: Right. So if there's like a bully, then you might need to discuss this with school staff.
1: Yeah, I mean, this obviously needs to be resolved before returning to school.
0: Yep. And you want to empathize with them. Let them know you understand their concerns.
1: And at the same time, you have to insist that they need to go to school.
0: You let them know that they're healthy, that their symptoms are due to worrying about school or relationships or whatever it is that you found when you're exploring this.
1: And keep coming back to explain that they are required to go to school.
0: And they may continue to pressure you to stay home.
1: But the longer they're out of school, you know, the more challenging it's going to be for them to return to school.
0: Mm -hmm. So you really want to talk about this with their teacher, the principal, the school nurse, and let them know so that you guys are all on board with having a plan to allow them to stay at school.
1: And then follow through. you got to be firm on school mornings. Don't bring up physical symptoms, since if you start asking about them, then they'll remind the child and might worsen the symptoms.
0: For some kids with more severe anxiety, you may need to ease into returning to school.
1: Like start the routine, get up and get dressed at the usual time for school and then walk or drive to school, but then maybe come back home that first day.
0: Then the next day, maybe they can go for a half day or return to full days in the next few days.
1: If school refusal is prolonged, if it lasts for a week or more, then you might need some professional support.
0: Your doctor may recommend getting a therapist, psychologist or psychiatrist.
1: And these professionals can go into more depth to address the root causes of school refusal.
0: Make sure that your family really prioritizes school. Try to prevent children from missing any days unless they need to, such as if they're sick.
1: Your child may feel that they're being left behind by their classmates when they miss school, and it can be challenging for them to catch up.
0: Right, so missing even a day or two from school every few weeks can really interfere with their development and learning to read, math, or other skills as well as making it more difficult to form peer relationships.
1: And finally, if you have concerns about your child's development or school readiness, then talk with your pediatrician.
0: And also the kids' preschool teachers or if they've been in any daycare situations or other child care providers can be really helpful for you to check in with and say, like, have there been any behavioral concerns or academic concerns that you have identified that you think would be appropriate to address before we start school. They can be really useful for providing you advice.
1: And if you're unsure, if you're on the fence, then trust yourself, trust your intuition. You know your child better than anyone else.
0: Absolutely. And one more thing we should talk about is make sure to make that appointment with your pediatrician before your child starts school.
1: Right, because they'll make sure that immunizations are up to date and there are requirements for school vaccines that vary by state.
0: So they can also talk to you about that transition to kindergarten, what to expect, making sure that all of those developmental and social milestones are achieved, and and if there are any areas for concern, what the next steps would be.
1: There's usually a rush for school appointments in the summer before school starts in the fall, so try to get this done in the late winter or early spring before starting school.
0: So let's summarize the main points when considering school readiness.
1: Overall physical well-being is a good place to start.
0: There are many ways for parents to promote social, emotional, and language development before school age by interacting with their children, playing, and promoting literacy.
1: Make sure you have a family media plan to limit screen time.
0: And prepare your child for school by making sure they're familiar with the school itself, ideally the teachers and the staff and the location.
1: Get into the school day routines a few weeks before school starts.
0: And school refusal may be a challenge, but parents can work with the school to make sure the child returns.
1: And don't forget to make the school physical appointment with your pediatrician well in advance of the school start to avoid the late summer rush. And that reminds me of a joke. Uh Uh-huh. Why did the kid bring a ladder to school?
0: No clue. Something like he wanted to be the highest achiever or something?
1: Close. She wanted to go to high school. (laughs) (sighs) Did you have any experiences in your family with um, school refusal or avoidance?
0: No, I'm a true nerd. I always loved school. (laughs) I mean as we got older, my brother was the opposite. He is four years older than me and he did not love school. And so especially when he was a teenager, not like the kindergarten age range, more like the lazy and resistant teenager phase, like he just didn't want to get out of bed in the morning. And so (laughs) my poor father would have to drop me at school early because I liked to be there like way before school started and then come home and like, literally every day battle with his teenage son to get him out of bed to get to high school.
1: Well, part of that was the high school probably started too early for the normal teen brain, which we talked about in a previous episode. We
0: did. And it's improved um, here, at least in Sacramento. I think that that has done wonders for some of my teenage patients.
1: That wraps up this episode of Kids Considered. Thank you for listening, and we hope you will join us for our next podcast.
0: Kids Considered is sponsored by UC Davis Children's Hospital.